All right, guys, this week we talk about the women's Euro tournament, the Vikings training camp schedule. The Wolves are now title or bust in Minnesota United. Whoops, Everton. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Very well, man. So good, man. Had a great pod. Gonna have we another did. one. We did have a great pod. So go back, check out our screencast. It was awesome. We talked about Game of Thrones. We talked about Lord of the Rings. We talked about Marvel's new plans, and we gave you some trashy TV shows keep you occupied in the summer. So I think it was a great episode. Go check that out. And we're back with a sportscast. We didn't have a sportscast last week because there were just no sports. Right. No sports. Well, I mean, no, there are, no there, sports, there are no sports. sports. There's very few sports, and, you know, the NBA kind of passed by. NFL's not quite there, and it's really just kind of like baseball and MLS, and that ain't, that's not our bread and butter. But you know what? We're digging deep, and we're going to give you guys 30 to 180 minutes of fucking fire. We don't know how long it's going to go. I, I doubt it's an hour, but things happen. Let's roll. Every time every time we say let's just do a quick sports cast, it ends right. up being 49 minutes long. So, yeah. you could this is all we don't know how long this is going to be. We'll see. And we don't care. All exactly. right guys. Well, what we do care about is you guys giving us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast, also subscribing anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and getting the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. Sweet. Thank right, you. What are you drinking for this episode? Ryan, why don't you go first? Oh, um, I'm drinking my Singleton 18-year single malt scotch from Highland, Scotland. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, All right, Eric. um, Now I think we've synced up on this. And I am drinking the Doki Doki coffee rice (laughs) lager with coffee. That's what it says. A little confusing. This is uh, a series of rice beers that Lupulin made. And they delivered in a format I've never seen. An eight-pack of 16-ounce cans. For twenty dollars, I really like it, and they're all like the two I've tried so far are fucking great. I'm in on this, so it's two dollars four packs. It's a it's a lime and coffee four pack, not together but separate. Two yep. lime, two coffee, and then a four pack of just their normal rice lager, ten dollars a piece. Pretty much, think about it. Do you like Sapporo, the uh-huh. Japanese lager? Yeah, so do I. I do. Yeah, that's, that's great. I'm getting it's those really rhymes. good, and it's super popular awesome. in England. Is I it? I really like this. Okay. Um, I'm liking this as well. Eric, or sorry, Jimbo, I just got to say this. Yeah. Because you're drinking a, like, chocolate coffee beer late at night. It's going to be a rough night for you. I'm sorry. I I was acutely aware that I, like, <laughs> when Eric was, like, in the last part, he's like, I'm going to do coffee next. I was like, oh, boy. But it is delicious, and I don't know how much real caffeine is in there. No, I just. I'll just add that, like, this rice beer, if you're gluten-free, you can drink this. So that's kind of cool. It's like Bud Light. You can drink Bud Light if you're gluten free. So same deal. Yeah, especially if you if you like banana runs, you'll love Bud Light. Mm, Yeah, I've heard that, and I do love banana runs. Only if you like NASCAR. But all right, Um, (laughs) okay, Bush, dude. We're gonna start out with something unexpected. Oh boy, women Euro Euros. Yeah, dude, I've been watching it. It's awesome. It's been been a lot of fun, and I think it's really good. All right, so we're down to the final three teams. Uh, Football is coming home. It looks like. As England, the host, dismantled Sweden today to go into the final. And then there's a, a matchup between Germany and France um, to figure out the other spot. 
we all know how this ends, right? With England losing in de- devastating fashion. And penalties to France, yes, probably. Yeah. They're going to lose in devastating fashion. They're not meant to win any tournament. They're meant to, like, be, like, they Get- were... It's almost like they were so hated for being, like, asshole soccer team for so long that they've lost so many devastating times now that I think the world almost is, like, can England just win one? Like, it's just awkward at this point. Um, and so, yeah, England women have been really exciting. They got kind of beat up by the Sp- Spanish team in the quarterfinals, and then they scored a late goal to tie it up. They wanted an extra time with a goal. Um, I don't know. I think the tournament's been really good. And I will say, I know I've said this before, I'm not trying to act like women's sports were terrible at any point, but I think that the difference in quality of women's sports in the past 20 years mm-hmm. is the one of the best things in all of sports. These women are so freaking good. It, the game is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's really fast-paced. The skill is incredible. They're banging in an insane goals all over the place. And I just think the... Um, it's not that women weren't capable. It's the opportunities for women have multiplied in all parts of the world, in all sports. The level of coaching, the amount of opportunity, the amount of girls that are participating in these sports have made the game grow exponentially. And it's not well, just soccer. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it compounds on itself because there are clubs like Arsenal, United, Barcelona, Chelsea, Liverpool that have invested heavily in their women's programs and they're buying like uh like chelsea bought a few years ago you know the australian uh you know the captain of the australian team sam kerr and now she's going to be on the cover of fifa yeah. um, there you go. as like a, a co-cover and and that's not like a chelsea thing i'm just saying like that's how i think how far to what eric is saying that the women's game has come that mm-hmm. on the game cover of the men's fifa game there's going to be a like the the golden boot winner um for the the women's super league and i think it's awesome and i i agree with eric 100 percent that it's been super fun and i think the skill gap um you know is still noticeable but at the same time when you're just watching something like a game of soccer you still get lost in like the way the game is played because it still follows like the same pattern right Mm -hmm. maybe they're Mm -hmm. not as tall Maybe not quite as fast, but like it still follows the same flow and it's still beautiful to watch. And I think like just um, like I little known fact, I love collecting soccer cards. Okay, and I will tell you that right now for the first time ever, they had their first um, women's soccer card sets come out from Pops and they are as hot, if not hotter than the men's. Everybody wants to get their hands on them. Everyone's trying to get the big players in the world. And, like, it's really cool. It feels like it's a moment in women's soccer right now. So if you haven't been watching Euro, there's two more games left. Uh, Make sure you at least check out the final when England definitely chokes it away. That's really cool. You know, can we just take a second? Um, Since we don't have a a huge docket here, we've taken a lot of crap as a pod for not covering um, the Lynx more as a Minnesota sports team. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the WNBA, like, like, they're like, well, we want all these championships. It's like, bro, there's 12 teams in the league. Yeah, it's, I, not, it's like I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't mean as much, but like oh they made the playoffs again. There's 12 teams in the league. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I hear none of these thing. other sports I, are, are are going to be bigger and better for women than the WNB will be. It's not that I don't want to cover the links or I don't think the links are, important, but like women's soccer is really really popular. The women's national team we've talked about this so many times. 
They're absolute rock stars. They're more famous than the men's. They sell out stadiums everywhere they go around the country with 65,000 plus fans at every place they play. I mean, I would say if, if it wasn't for Christian Pulisic, who with Chelsea notoriety and, you know, European, I think Megan Rapinoe or Alex Morgan mm-hmm. are by far more popular U.S. national team players than anybody else on the men's team. Yeah. For sure. And so, like, when you watch the Euro, there is, you know, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 fans at these games. When you watch the Lynx, there's, like, 800 fans. And all mm-hmm. the people who us a really hard time about our pod not covering the Lynx more, why aren't you at the Lynx games then? Like, the Lynx games have no fans. People don't watch yeah. WNBA for whatever reason. And so, it's like, I just think that... They're the, not even on TV here that it, often. Yeah, and you so it's just, you, can't, you couldn't even watch them from home if you... I'm all, about, yeah. I'm all about women's sports. I, I am. Yep. And I'm, we started our show, not for any reason other than that I've been thoroughly... That, that's exciting, it. yeah. It was, it was like, I, I made sure I was around this afternoon to watch. Yes, same. Sweden because yeah. I was pumped about this game. So. And not only that, there there's Chelsea players on both teams, Chelsea women's players on both teams. So I was interested in in the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Mead, Beth Mead, big Arsenal player. Fran Kirby, big Chelsea player. Still on either wing. London at its finest there. All right. Yep. Leanne Robignol, Liverpool <laughs> player. I follow her because she's so beautiful, but I am getting into the sport more. But she's in, she's killing on Instagram. All right. All right. <laughs> So we'll move on to Vikings training camp, all right? So players are finally reporting for all of the the Vikings have signed all of their rookies with Booth, the cornerback, as the last guy to sign, a second-round pick for us. Um, A lot of people think the Vikings are a team to watch. Addition by subtraction of getting rid of the crappy coaching staff, Mike Zimmer, who I think at some point was a very good coach but had worn out his welcome, his message definitely wasn't getting through to the players anymore. And so I think people Simmons about Simmons quote ball. Simmons quoted saying losing Mike Zimmer is easily three wins. Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah. love that. So I do think that the Vikings are going to be a pretty good team. But one thing I wanted to touch on before that is Kyler Murray, which his story this week is one of the weirdest of all time. He Dude, literally is the so second, bizarre. He's going to be the second highest paid quarterback in the history of the NFL. He got this massive deal of like $250 million to extend with the Cardinals. Part of after, the he was, after he was threatening the organization of like, I'm not going to play, I'm going to walk, or I'll sit mm-hmm. out, I'll hold out, whatever I have to do, carry in on. His, in his contract, part of the stipulation that could void the contract is that he doesn't prepare by studying, independent studying four hours of film per week on his own. And a bunch of his teammates tried to come to his aid knowing that this was probably quite embarrassing. But what the thing that I think is so funny is Zach Ertz came and said, when I got here, Kyler Murray helped me learn the playbook. Let me tell you, this guy knows the playbook. And everyone's like, their argument isn't that he doesn't know the playbook. The argument is that he isn't preparing for other teams. Tom Mm -hmm. Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, all of these guys who are the top of their craft, some of the best quarterbacks of all time, these guys were religiously watching film on their opponent all week long at their house. All they're doing is watching every single tell, every single flaw, every single thing. Every tendency, yeah. Kyler Murray is just sitting around playing video games, so much so that his time has to be spent doing this while not playing video games. What do they call it, Eric? The study hall clause? Like, that's yeah. how embarrassing is that? This is super oh. embarrassing. So then there's a quote pulled up from last December where Kyler Murray was like, I'm not really a film guy. I think that my ability to see things on the field is some of the greatest ever. 
And so I don't really have to watch film because I just I see it for the first time and I just know what to do. Yeah, that doesn't really play. Sorry, man. What? But if he was like, if he had said that after being the top number one greatest quarterback for six years straight, we all believe it. But he's so new. He is. Has, has had like one mildly successful. Yeah. He's he's good, but like I don't think I would want him to be my franchise quarterback. So I don't know exactly how much. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find the highest paid athlete in the world here. I mean, he's going to be like on a list of the highest paid athletes on earth at this point, which is crazy. He's the but he has to be. He has to be babysat. But here's the thing: for four Leading hours, he, he has to play video games without streaming it on Twitch. That's it. Which four is hours a week. That's like thirty-five minutes, forty minutes a day. Like that's not that. Right. Like you could do that in the you office. You just turn off the even... Switch stream and play, and be like, "That's when I studied." The problem so, is, all these guys stream all their their gameplay now too, so the coaches fucking can tell what they've been doing. It's like, dude, well, you that's played the Call big... of Duty for six hours last night. That's the big talking point. Like, how are they going to track? Like, well, how are they going to track the metrics of like, like, yeah, he had his iPad on and it was playing film of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but was he actually watching the film? Well, the whole thing is so goofy. Yeah. yeah. And that I sounds even like, ca- it would be almost them. worse if like the team, the Cardinals are being like so big brother that they were like, yeah, yeah we're going to monitor your devices. I mean, that's wrong too. I but think what they, I honestly think what they mean is that he needs to spend, sorry, Eric, you got cut off twice. I apologize. But like, I honestly think what they mean is there, there needs to be like, whatever the, the math is to divide it by six days a week. He's got to spend that time in the, in the facility, mm-hmm. studying the film with the coaches. Like, I don't think that means like you have your iPad on your own and we trust you. I think that means like you need to spend it in the QB room with the other QBs and the QB coach and maybe the mm-hmm. OC and and that's just going to be dedicated time every day that you have to do. I just think it's crazy, though. Like, this dude is, like, the face of a franchise, a multi-billion dollar organization. They're paying him a sickening amount of money, and he can't, like, do basic Can't be work. bothered, yeah, to, like, do his job. Like, so uh, 40 minutes a day to watch film on the opponent. Like, I think if my choice was to give him a $250 million deal or trade him, I would trade him. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, like, uh, the the... The greats are the ones that were like film junkies, right? That they're like, I, I, you know, my wife had to come take the remote out of my hand and turn it off because I was, you know, watching film too much, you know, late at night and not getting enough sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of scenario where this is like, hey, Kyler, can you do like the bare minimum for like a franchise QB and we have to put it in your contract because he kind (laughs) of didn't do it the last two years. Like that's pretty like, and the fact that this leaked to the media is another sign of like maybe the cardinals are like yeah we got to pay him but fuck this guy like we're gonna make him look like a fucking piece of shit i don't know Mm. yeah all right so uh, when it goes comes to the vikings here um we do have um trade rumors all right this is not anything that's coming from any big sources but people are speculating that maybe alexander madison could be traded um in the next couple weeks here uh Likely destination right now would be Seattle, who just had uh, Chris Carson had to retire after failing um, his medical um, after only five years in the league with a neck injury. He had Mm. to retire already. A lot of people compare Madison to Carson as that same kind of running back. If you watch how the Rams played on offense and how we're assuming the Vikings want to play on offense, it doesn't really have that north-south power back in that offense. Um, And so... With some fun different pieces in the backfield already, Dalvin Cook and a couple young guys who are 
kind of speedy, versatile guys. Um, there's some thoughts that maybe Madison, who's going into the final year of his deal and almost definitely won't be re-signed by the Vikings, could be a trade chip um, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So that is some... For what? What do we want? A draft pick. Fifth round, fourth round, yeah. something. Some draft whatever. Pick move the draft. Just get them off your books, move on. So Well, I, and then, then you can be a little bit more flexible with some other roster spots instead of carrying four, you know, running backs. Yeah. So unnecessarily. That's a piece or a thing to look out for. So Vikings also kind of a, uh, like we were saying, a team that a lot of people are uh, interested in. A lot of people liking the bet on taking them as a long shot to win the NFC North. Colin Cowherd, most famously. Yeah. A lot of people like the Vikings. A lot of people really think that um, O'Connell is going to be the real deal as a coach. He was definitely the most coveted coach. Um, we talked about that a lot in the in spring and in the winter. We were looking for a new um, head coach. The Vikings, uh, with a good roster, with great young talent, with at least a, a pretty good quarterback, great facilities, good ownership, a really desirable destination. seemed like everyone was kind of waiting on who the Vikings were going to get before they were even able to hire their coach. And so a lot of people think O'Connell will do some really good work in turning this program around quickly. So I have a quick question. So, you know, there's there's the Matt Nagy's of the world. There's the Sean McVay's of the world. There's the Kyle Shanahan's of the world. And there's the, uh, who's the Packers? LaFleur, um, Matt LaFleur. What, what part of the Mike Shanahan coaching tree uh do you think we're getting with kevin o'connell do you think it's going to trend more towards uh mcveigh like um you know commanding you know room presence like everywhere he goes is it going to be lafleur who has like a lot of regular season success uh very dicey in the postseason is it going to be kyle shanahan that has like the number two scoring offense with a subpar quarterback in jimmy garoppolo like what do you what do you think we're going to see in this first year I think that the hope is that he is Matt LaFleur. Okay, so mm-hmm. I don't think that he is the offensive genius that Shanahan and McVay are. And I think that all of these guys are incredible offensive coaches, the top in the world. Sure. I think he's probably in that same group of guys, with, you know, his ideas and his knowledge and experience. But at, the top, that, at the top of their craft, yeah. I think that the hope is that he is LaFleur. And I think that LaFleur is one of the five best coaches in the world. I'm not expecting But LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers, and O'Connell's got Kirk Cousins, which is a very vast gulf between the I two. I think, though, when you look at, like, the Rams offense last year, um, and you look at the Vikings, the Vikings have, you know, Stafford and Cousins. Is there that huge of a difference? No, had- not at all. I mean, I mean, if anything, Cousins is probably better. Like, Stafford was middling, especially without mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, for most of his career. Yeah, and like like Cook is better than any running back they had. Herb Herb Smith, if he's healthy, is better than any tight end they had. Thielen should be better than any number two they have. I mean, I think he sees the pieces in this offense, and if he you know can be a, another successful coach from that same coaching tree, I think it's hopefully looks special on offense this year. Um, but you know, I guess we'll go as far as as uh, Kirk Cousins be relied upon in big games. We've got some big ones this year. Cool, getting excited. All right, so- yeah, so training camp right around the corner. Right around the corner. Good time of year. It's always exciting when training camp starts, fantasy football chatter starts, and we get our first looks at the biggest league in the world. And there's no league that's in the vicinity of the NFL. And is. it's also cool, like, uh, you know, I'm excited for the Vikings, right? It's a breath of fresh air. You know, they're saying all the right things. We got the, you know, you could blame Mike Zimmer all you want, but, like, there are also players that didn't perform. But with all that being said, 
it's exciting to have September looming in the background, right? Because you know that that means the NFL. You know that means Sunday at noon, Sunday at 3.30. Games are wrapping up at 6.30. Sunday night football starting at 7.15, right? I mean, Game of Thrones is starting at 8. Game of Thrones (laughs) right behind it. Like, yeah, so like that that whole thing is just like a great arch to look forward to in the fall you know i mean i know you know kids are going back to school cold weather is imminent but like having the nfl coming back is always a very exciting time of year kids going back to school that that part sounds fucking excellent <laughs> not for eric all right. for me. yeah me going back to school. all right guys next up um i'm gonna say this is good news so we briefly touched on the fact that vince mcmahon is a total fucking creep we knew right. that um he was a massive donor to another fucking creep donald trump his wife worked in that cabinet we knew he treated women creepy on te- television for like the last 25 years. I knew as a kid that Vince McMahon didn't treat women right. And I was like desperately trying to watch Raw is War as a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon is, we found out he paid almost $16 million at least of company money, of his hush money for women that he was having affairs with over um, a 20-year period. And the things he did before he was paying that hush money, I'm assuming were much more vile and disgusting. Um, so he, uh, it got so bad and the pressure finally got big enough that Vince McMahon, at 77 years old, finally decided it was time for him to step away from the WWE. Is this enough punishment for to shit like him? No. Fuck no. No. There's no, there's, I mean, there's no way, right, to punish somebody that's that's made that type of money and done the things that he's done. Um, he's just going to get away with it. Maybe him being somewhat disgraced is some justice there, but, um, yeah, I mean, he just sucks. So he does suck, but the McMahon family isn't going anywhere as the new CEOs, co-CEOs will be Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, and Nick Khan, I believe is like an executive at NBC or something like that. So if you remember NBC a few years ago bought the WWE network and like, I don't know. They must be part owners of the WWE because of it or something like that. Yeah. He was kind of put in a big position of power, I guess. I don't really know who this guy is. So he's but... like a normal TV exec that is now expected to like get slammed through a boardroom table by Triple H <laughs> in a fake <laughs> scripted thing. So, <laughs> he's like, dude, I went from Zoom calls to this to getting like cans of beer thrown at me. With so a Nick TV Khan camera chasing Stephanie around? McMahon are the co-CEOs of the company. And then Triple H, who's Stephanie McMahon's husband, is what they called the president of talent relations, which I'm not really sure, but I believe it means he's going to like do the story and like hire the people and things. So okay. it, also, it also sounds like season four, episode six of Succession. Yeah, it you really know, does. Like, right. I mean, who 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 told about this hush money? Was it Triple H? Mm. Yeah, seriously. Was it Stephanie? You know, was it Stephanie? Was it right. Nick Khan? Who had the most to gain from this? What, was it who Stephanie or Siobhan? We just and don't now know. and now <laughs> Vince is even being like investigated by like the FBI and like the Department of Justice for not that they're I mean they're toothless. fuck everyone gets away with everything but. Yeah. Um, like just the fact that the investigation is even open speaks volumes to where uh, his political power is not yeah. uh, living. So, mm. yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Um, moving on. Timberwolves. Yeah. Arlington hey. finally returned to the Twin Cities. Had a big press conference talking about um, how it was great that people in Minnesota had given him what he said, given him light, and that mm-hmm. he 
would always be loyal to the people who believed in him. We will see as that will probably be put to test at some point. I mean, um, I would be loyal to anybody that gave me $250 million over five years. I would too. I would be really To be loyal. honest, if you're like, you got to work for Vince McMahon and he's going to do horrible things to your wife for $250 million, I'd be like, I think we can figure it out. Like, we'll, I think we'll it's like, you've got to work with Vince McMahon and he's going to do terrible things to you. I'd say, bring it on. All right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> say, throw me through a table and whatever. Yeah, what are these women complaining about, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, well, they're not getting 250 million. Um, wow. I would be really loyal, just like Carl Anthony Towns is. Um, everyone who uh, didn't, who every follower gained from our, our initial Euro talk is now gone. Gone. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But I hope they they know that we're we are definitely joking. Tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. But the towns definitely towns thing is definitely nice. He did say title or bust at this point for the world. I love that big time. Yeah, dude. Hey. When was the last time that was said in the basketball that town? Been in literally, like any like so many years. Ever since like um, you know KG left, I think it would have been a joke to say that. Like people, they would have been laughed out of the building. Absolutely. But this is the first time where you're like, okay, I mean, he's sort of saying the thing that he needs to say, and maybe he doesn't even really believe that that's quite possible yet. But I mean, we're talking about a window opening up, and I think that's what he's referring to as well. Of like, yeah, dude, I, these I, next I, I don't three think he years means, are important. I don't think he means twenty two, twenty three. I think he means for like the yeah. duration of his contract, Gobert's yes. contract, Ant's eventual, you know, re up. Um, and all that. Let's stuff. get so, it before then. Let's get it before we I'm, have to react. Dude, with him. I'm, Let's go. I'm, I don't care if it's a ploy. I think Carl really believes that they have mm-hmm. an opportunity in a West that may be with Changing? some, some teams like with some aging superstars, uh, the Clippers, you know, Paul George is getting older. Kawhi, God knows if he's going to show up to the team. Uh, yeah. LeBron is going to be 40 soon. Um, you know, so that, you know, the Spurs kind of aren't what they are. Uh, obviously the jazz are, uh, on their way down and really falling apart. Like the Suns kind of the, the, so kinda the Suns, but the like same. also Chris Paul's in the LeBron James category, right? Um, who knows what they're going to get out of him at this age? Maybe good, maybe not. Is he fragile and really like the nuggets? So, so maybe the opportunity is like, um, just the fact that, there's some more question marks about other teams where the wolves are a little bit more solidified in terms of yeah. like the team and the chemistry. So I'm, I'm fine with him saying that I don't, I'm it, it doesn't come across as fake. It doesn't, right. it doesn't, it come doesn't across come across as, as pandering to me. It comes across it, as like, yeah, he should say that. And he did. And I think he believes it. And maybe as the leader of the team, which I think Carl Anthony Towns is and should be, um, at least for the foreseeable future, right. you want to hear that from your general, right? Like, hey, yeah. listen, it may not be this year, but like we've got a three, four year window where we're going to go for it. And fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Like, how, I mean, we haven't heard that for so long other than like trading for Jimmy Butler when we had a really good regular season record till he got hurt. But yeah. before that, it was KG, and let's fucking go. Let's let's enjoy this ride. Let's have fun. D'Lo questions might be looming over this team, but other than that, like it's a pretty solidified roster. All right, the over under now is forty nine and a half wins. I will be disappointed if they don't get this. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah I think, that's a, I, I think over, that yeah. that's a that's a season of a. I mean, either injuries or like a major letdown where yep. 
Under 50 wins is a real problem to me. Yeah. I think this would be out 54 and a half, probably. I think we're probably five wins short of where it should be on that over-under. I would bet the over if they don't. I would I take the, like I did, like I said last year, hammer the over. They're under, you know, they're they're coming too low again. This is only four more wins than we had last year, and you don't think Gobert is going to make a four-win difference? Gobert and a year older Anthony Edwards? Yeah. A year exactly. older Jaden McDaniels? Jaden Mc, right, Jaden McDaniels is going to make well, up two of you guys, wins. like, losing Pat Bev is ten wins, so we got to find that. I <laughs> <laughs> Pat Bev. I'm so thankful he's gone. Uh, Eric, yeah. I know, but you know i got to bring up Pat Bev as my guy. No, so, I hey, know we love Pat Bev. I don't. We, You're we, gonna hate him. He's gonna play. Two thirds of the pod loves Pat Bev, oh, and so yeah, we, the pod loves Pat Bev. And I think Pat that Bev is gonna come to town, and he's gonna be playing for like Boston, and he's gonna score 22 points for Boston, and they're gonna beat us here, and he's gonna make a fucking scene. And he's going to be such a douchebag, and you're going to be like, I fucking hate Pat Pat. Because that's who he is. Honestly, if that happens, I'll have the biggest smile on my face, and I'll be like, No, you won't. Because then the difference will be the, the Wolves get the three seed instead of the two seed because of that loss. And then Pat Bev gets his fucking revenge. Hate that guy. <laughs> the one thing that they did do is they signed Austin Rivers um, to a deal. This is a great kind of move, I think, for the Wolves to make. Yeah. This is a guy who um, has been in the rotation of good teams. That's a, that He's at least a good right. experience, yeah. For sure. And his He's dad's a of Doc Rivers, the coach, the fucking yeah. basketball guy, smart guy. A veteran player who has been in the ro- the rotation of good teams. And these are the kind of guys that you get on cheap deals when you are a good team. Yeah. These guys just say, I'm going to go attach myself to a good team. I don't care if I'm the ninth man. And, like, I bet you that by the end of the year, um, he will be playing more than um, Noel. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, they'll they'll use him sparingly and then bring him in when they need just really consistent clutch. Yeah, I just think, like, by the end of the year, they'll just trust him more. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think, like, Noel, they're like, we should have played him more. But it's like, he was really good and trustworthy. We would have played him more last year. You know, I just think, like, when you get to the bench spots of your team and you're good, you want guys who are really sure things, even if they're not great. Yeah, they just, dude, they put the second team, third team out there just to not fuck it up too bad. (laughs) You know, like they don't, oh, we really need a run here. Let's put in the third stringers, right? It's like, dude, hold down the fort, be consistent, don't make mistakes. Towns needs a rest. All right, we're back. And all right, like if, um, if, well, real quick, sorry. Yeah. It feels like Austin Rivers has been in the league forever. He's only twenty nine, so like he's yeah. not he's not ancient by any means. He's like, he's oh, got a lot of no, miles no. on him. But like, if he could provide any like defense and three point shooting, uh, maybe not necessarily his forte, but like just provides, like you said, some of those things off the bench that are necessary for a team mm-hmm. to be successful long term in the regular season, and then also uh, you know in the playoffs. I think. Uh, Austin Rivers brings all of those things with a lot of pedigree without the drama of Pat Bev, right? And I think that's I think that's important. Maybe and he you know, he played for, for Connolly in Denver the last few years, so maybe, you know, there's a Connolly's got a soft spot for him, but he also probably sees something that, that other teams don't and maybe was like you said, Eric, budget's kind of a big deal when you got three guys two guys on max deals and another one coming up on one and another one on expiring so budget matters so maybe you know Connolly was able to kind of schmooze that number down a little bit uh to to bring mm-hmm. in an experienced vet and and those like you said those experienced vets are are so, so anyway good stuff yeah. all right guys so twins talk i know we oh. don't talk about the twins but buxton uh did play in the all-star game and he did hit the game winning home run 
Um, Washington's playing a lot of games this year, and I know that's the kiss of death for anyone to ever say that, and that was a mistake for me to say that, and our podcast will be now at fault when he inevitably gets injured running into the wall. Um, but he has played quite a few games this year. He was an all-star, had a big moment in the all-star game, and has one of the best wars um, in the league. I think he's really a true superstar at this point. The team still has absolutely no pitching. They have a bullpen that literally can't stop anything. Really rough. Yep. Um, but they did have, by all accounts, a good draft. So they had the eighth pick in the draft. They drafted Cal Poly's shortstop Brooks Lee, eighth overall. Baseball America ranked him as the second best player in the draft. These are the guys that I would draft every time in the first round. College bats. Big hitters. Who are really yeah. pro-ready, who are going to just step in. You're, they're a guaranteed good bat in your lineup. You know, like, this dude will be up sooner than later. He's already in his 20s. He's not some kind of long-term project where he's going to go to the minors and he's going to start in low A ball and he's going to strike out at infinity times and they're going to have to work on his swing. And this dude is going to hop into double A probably. He'll probably mash the ball. And by next year, midsummer, he'll be up mashing the ball for the Twins. Um, who knows? Uh, he is a shortstop currently like every player in college that gets drafted. And it sounds like he'll be a third baseman or possibly a second baseman long-term. Um, but we didn't draft him for that. We drafted him for decent defense and what should be a good professional bat. Um, getting the second-ranked player by some accounts at eighth is a great deal for the team. And then they drafted at 48th overall Connor Prelip, the Alabama left-handed pitcher. Um, we drafted him 48th. Baseball America had him ranked 37th. ESPN had him ranked 17th. Sounds like he's got some kind of injury history. Um, oh, and perfect. Perfect for the Twins. <laughs> it sounds like, he's, they, like this draft had very few good pitchers. He's one of the big pitchers in the draft, but his injury history is makes him kind of a risk, it sounds like. So he's kind of like a high-risk, high-reward, like possible superstar, possibly flames out kind of guy. So mm-hmm. That sounds right in the Twins. See, I always think the Twins are like, Is he, be- ah, is he below the slot? Oh, can we get him for a hundred thousand less than anybody else? Yeah, let's take him. It sounds like we did the opposite this time, though. We were taking, we were saying, "Fuck it, let's get the expensive guy who dropped, even if he's a little risky." I feel like instead of going for the hundred mile an hour arm, we're always the team who's like, "Let's just get the guy who throws strikes at eighty six. Let's get the changeup guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get the guy who has a chip. Yeah. Um. So that's the twins for you. Um. I wonder if they're going to make a big move at the deadline. Uh, they have sh- kind of a shitty farm system, and so I can't really imagine they have enough firepower to go out and do anything of real importance. But the Central Division is so fucking bad that they should win the division, right? I mean, Eric, the the possible trade scenarios that people have thrown out for the Twins are us trading, um, you know, some of our better prospects, or also us trading Carlos Correa to get pitching because that's how fucked up the twins franchise is. And in a year where like the division is so winnable, it's stupid. And if we won the division, we would get three home games against the worst wildcard team, the six seeded wildcard team. And nobody trusts the pole heads or the front office to like do the right thing and like go get a Montas from the A's or the kid from the reds, you know, or like just, just, Go for it. Like, make a move. Like, do something kind of drastic. Um, I don't care if we do anything as long as we win one playoff game. I don't care if we lose, we get beat. Just win a playoff game. 
We haven't won a playoff game in almost two decades. No, but I'm saying you're gonna get again. You're gonna get three home games against the worst wild card team in the AL. Yeah. Like there's no reason that you can't win that. And then baseball is the weirdest one um, out of all of the sports, even more so than the NHL. Of like you could win a fucking series if your team gets hot. And I don't know. It just seems like mm-hmm. they're not going to do anything. They're going to play it safe. Oh, we might trade a fifth rounder next year for some random reliever from the Blue Jays. And who fucking cares? So mm-hmm. um, I'm not holding out hope that we're going to go get a front end starter that we really need and at least one bullpen arm. But we'll see. I was just, I think that they should just go out and just get a few bullpen arms. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> but for what? Like, I don't know. I mean,. I think that what we should do is try to trade for Taylor Rogers. Oh, you if mean had, the guy that we, we just? Like, if we had a guy like Taylor <laughs> Rogers, we might be better off. You think the, he does you, you think the the Padres would take Chris Paddock and his uh, torn UCL back? They, he does. He does lead the league in blown saves right now, so the Padres fans kind of hate him. So who knows? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, guys, Minnesota United. They're red hot. They've won seven. They're undefeated in seven games with six wins. One of those wins came in an exhibition against Everton. Uh, what is a big spending rich Premier League team? They beat them four to nothing in an absolute murder um, in Minnesota. A big, People nice televised them. game for all of us to watch. Yeah, it was televised. It was exciting. It could have been worse, I think. Now, I will tell you this. Everton will probably sign four more players before the window's over. They will sell a bunch of players. They will get themselves into shape, and they will actually be ready to play, hopefully, when the season's... Actually, I hope they get fucking relegated. But they, in all reality, <laughs> if we played them in three months, they would probably beat us four to nothing. But right. it is fun, even if it's the middle of RC, beginning of theirs, for an MLS team to absolutely run a, a Premier League team. And this was super exciting. And, I, like, I know it didn't matter. It's in the middle of their season. It's an exhibition. But you can't tell me that these players weren't more up for this game than they've been for any game. Oh, my year. God. United players were at an 11, and the Everton <laughs> players were at, like, a 2.5. Yeah, they were like, just don't hurt us. Yeah. I was at Rick's till like, 3.30 last night. Can you just take it easy? <laughs> yeah, the, please don't hurt us. So I, I do think that it's not something like the – MLS better than the Premier League. Like no, every no, year, no. the MLS or even a sign of that. No, remember the MLS All Star Game was like MLS versus Tottenham Hotspur, and it was like the best MLS players versus like the preseason Tottenham Hotspur, and it would be like two to one Spurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like didn't give a fuck. So and they were they were I coasting. Mean, yeah, yeah. It's not like this is a real serious um, win or anything, but it is fun to see. But the big news for them is just that they're pretty damn good again, and like. I was wrong. I, I want to say that I was wrong, okay? Okay. I complained that at the same time when Atlanta United or whatever they're called um, and Minnesota United, creative names, um, both came into the league at the same time, Atlanta was like the hot team. And they had all of these South American superstars. They've sold players for big money. They have stars of the league on their team every year. I looked at the standings. They suck this year. They were competing for the title the last few years. They're fucking terrible. And Minnesota United, who's been mostly starless. Um, mm-hmm. What's the one guy? Uh, Reynoso. Quintero? Reynoso. Oh. Um, he's he's the, the star of the team, and obviously he's our best player, and they did a good job finding him and bringing him in. But we're mostly without too many stars on the team. 
but we've just been like a steady ship and like every single year we're kind of like in the mix and probably won't win the title but like we could continue to Eric, compete. you like just we described do. every Minnesota sports team ever. Like, we're not <laughs> quite good enough. We're fitting right in. We're always oh, in no, the no, mix. No. Yeah. No, but I mean, in the mix to win the championship. Like, yeah. last year, we got all excited. Wasn't it last year? We got all excited, and yeah. we were up We were up two to nothing in the semifinals. Against Seattle in the semifinals, yeah. That and was they scored two three goals in short time. Two seasons ago, they scored three And that in a tiny row. little fuck with no neck just kept oh, putting in goals against us. It is horrible. I was like, I was like, I can't I believe that guy. I'm going to go to the parade when they win the next game. Eric, then... you were, you were like, it was the first half. You're like, I'm not getting into this. I'm not, I'm not buying into it. I'm not going to do it. And then like the 65th minute hit, and you're like, let's go loons. I'm to- like loons. Let's do it. Minnesota, black and blue. And yeah, then they gave up three goals in short time. And then they let you down. Yeah. That was horrible. So I I think that it's, it's really nice that we've been this and that we do, um, you know, seem to get hot every year at the right time. And, you know, Adrian Heath must be a good um, coach. We've got a nice bunch of talent on the team and Kendra is our favorite announcer in the, in the cities um, and friend of the pod. Also, I know I love it. one One other thing to add, Adrian Heath is a former Everton player, so oh, he might have he might have coached the boys up a little extra that week too to make sure that uh, they didn't put one on us at home. Yeah, um, I'll also add that uh, I will be there at the game against the Timbers this weekend. Uh, so if anybody's there, DM the pod. I'll say hi, buy you Timbers a beer, whatever it might be. So it might be fun. Timbers aren't very good. We should win. I fucking hope so. Just some good pod content. Love it. All right, guys. And then finally, um, next week, get excited because next week is our official Premier League um, episode. Preview. So we're going to break down the Premier League. We're going to make our predictions for who's getting relegated, who's finishing in the top four, who's finishing in the top six. Um, I think City, uh, just a spoiler alert, has had an absolute hell of a uh, offseason, bringing in arguably the best possible player that could be brought in for pennies on the dollar if if um, if city had only brought in holland and did nothing else they would still be the favorite yes yeah. um but liverpool did try to make their move to go with it and nunez scored four goals in a game in a preseason game even if it was against bad opponent who cares that's exciting mm-hmm. uh, liverpool should be excited uh ryan our teams played it didn't go well didn't go well for me um i know arsenal fans are flying high right now um, significantly different from last season. Chelsea fans are, I mean, we basically like reversed roles um, going into the season. So I'm going to, I might be a little bit of a Debbie Downer next week. Uh, I might be, I might be bullish on Chelsea FC making champions league again. Chelsea we'll is always going to be good because they will, they're Chelsea and they will always be good, but their, their off season has been a little helter skelter. Well, just, and you know, the sanctions, like we were, you know, the, the sale, we were a month behind all the other clubs, essentially. We couldn't yeah. talk to anybody. We didn't know who the owner was. We didn't have money. We didn't have funding. The British government tried to fuck Chelsea in the, you know, and, in, in, you know, dis, uh, dissolve. You know, they were like, oh, well, if they don't pay, you know, if somebody doesn't buy them, we're going to, you know, turn liquidate the, the club. So we're, <laughs> in, we're in a bit of dire straits and, and it's been rough. So far, but let's. It has. It's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to talk about the Premier League. I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturday mornings to be back. Let's go. I I hadn't even thought about that to be honest with you. Saturday morning coffee at seven o'clock. We're back, baby. Is probably the best thing that there is. 
I mean, guys, can you imagine what our lives are going to be like in just a few? We are going to have Game of Thrones on Sunday nights. Our Sundays will be full of NFL. NFL. Our mornings in the weekend will be the Premier League. We'll have college football on Saturdays, high school football is on, on Fridays. The NBA will be starting up. We'll have in an exciting know. Wolves year, one of the most exciting Wolves years in a long time. Probably the most the most anticipated Wolves scene, uh, uh, Wolves season. If you eliminate the Jimmy Butler year since like two thousand three, right? Oh, oh, easily. Yeah, we are going to be flying high every in just a few short weeks. So stick with us until then. Um, but also, thanks for hanging out with us here at the Northeast Podcast. Go check out our screencast. We talked about Game of Thrones. We talked about Lord of the Rings. We talked about all kinds of Marvel news. We got you excited for a couple of TV shows that you can watch in the middle of the summer. Until uh, next week, thanks for hanging out with us this week here at the Nordies Podcast. 